This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of The Crown Cast. And this is a post-react. Um, it is a, a post-react technically. It is not a post-react in the normal since it's still the preseason, the games don't really matter. But as we go into the actual MLS season, we have a lot to talk about. And so we figured we'd take our reaction to us playing the, and I had to write it down here, the Birmingham Legion uh, into its own little separate uh, podcast so we could get that stuff out there for you guys. Uh, we hope that you think more content is always better. And here to produce that more content with me is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. How's it going? Uh, I can't complain. I do want to give credit where credit's due. The brilliant idea of separating this out was yours. So, uh, Justin, thank you for the joy that you will bring to the listener, because I'm sure no one wants to listen to uh, like an hour and a half podcast in one go. Well, this Wednesday, and spoiler alerts for all of you who might be listening and, and anticipating we have a season about to start, and this Wednesday we are packing content in in preparation for the season because it's important that we get some of these bold predictions that we've got bouncing around in our head, not just our hot takes, which you've heard, but our bold predictions about the season out. We are going to record those so that come the end of the season, you can torment us with our terrible predictions this Wednesday. So prior to that... We did have a match. We had a preseason. Again, it didn't really matter, but it was here in Charlotte again. It was at Bank of America Stadium. They made the decision last minute to open it up. 5,500 of you fans showed up. Two of us hosts of the Crowncast showed up. And uh, so we got a chance to watch 90 minutes of, hey, it's football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think 90 minutes of, hey, it's football is exactly the right way to describe it. And we are probably not going to go on for 90 minutes of, hey, that was football. We are going to sort of try and get to midseason form and and attempt the regular programming of a post react. Justin, you you OK with trying to stick to the the framework yeah. on this one? Uh, yeah, well, we won. We did we won. First point. Yep. We won three, two, three, two. And uh, I'll be honest with you, that score line is much kinder to Birmingham Legion than it looked like it was going to be. Uh, yeah. The first half was a absolute decimation by Charlotte FC. Uh, three goals on the bounce. One uh, goes in at halftime for them. And afterwards, it looks like there was a lot of kind of just coasting, a lot of somewhat feeling like the match was already done. But I, I think we will get into that Justin, do you want to do crowns or cards first? Uh, let's go ahead and crown some people. Uh, you know, 3-2, we got goals from the designated players, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, Yuzwiak, uh, Swiderski, Capetti, in that order, uh, with a great assist on the Capetti one from Westwood. Again, great to see. So let's crown some people for this final preseason performance of 2023. Absolutely, let's do it. I'm going to go first. Um, because host privilege and all that stuff. And I have a bit of a tough decision here. You were sitting next to me and you saw me just constantly go, wow, that was really good from this guy. Wow, that was really good from this guy. Wow, that was really good from this guy. Well, that was really good from this, this guy. And I did that somewhere in the range of one to 200 times. And it was basically the same three people I just kept looking at. 
So the one I'm going to talk about right now is Nathan Byrne. Um, he keeps stepping up. He keeps looking like a leader. He just seems settled. There was a, a general sense of Nathan Byrne that everything about him exudes, I'm, this isn't bigger than me, right? The stadium's not bigger than Nathan Byrne. The plays aren't bigger than Nathan Byrne. The control he has is just remarkable. His ability to get the ball into attack is incredible. His defensive positioning is incredible. Uh, I, I, I'm reaching the point of what I feel like is repetition, and I am struggling because I'm running out of what to say about Nathan Byrne other than I, I keep, I guess, underestimating him. I keep thinking that maybe what I've seen before isn't what I'm going to see the next time or maybe something new is going to come out. And that never happens. He just keeps being the 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 old hand. Maybe that's a bit rude to Nathan Byrne. He is younger <laughs> than I am, I believe. Um, but he keeps being the experienced hand that that guides and controls the game. And and it's just it's it's great to watch. And if he keeps playing like this, he deserves he deserves crowns. So I feel like he deserves a crown. Justin, thoughts on on Nathan Byrne? No, I mean he was he was absolutely uh, stellar. I will say, you know, I'm not crowning him, but I do want to note that Jalen Lindsey came on in the second half for Burn and had a very good stretch. Right back, we look like we're in great shape. Yep. <laughs> if if only the same could be said about the other fullback spot, but uh, no, Burn is Burn is going to be just. It's going to be so great having two experienced championship guys in Burn and Westwood that are just going to sort of get the engine ticking over smoothly on this squad. Yeah, um, I think I think that's all we really need to go into here. I feel like we can both probably come up with two crowns apiece for this one. Absolutely. Are you, are you good with yes. that? Okay, because I, I definitely want to hit at least one more of my other two. So yes. you go ahead with uh, your first. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take one of your other two. No, because not. I've loved this guy for a long time. He got a lot of flack. Um, the position opened up with the termination of Jordi Reyna's contract. In case you all missed it, we bought out Jordi Reyna's contract. But the left wing is Kamala Yuzwiak's. And I got to tell you, I, I wish that more of the fans that doubted could have seen this match because he was monstrous on the left wing he was everywhere he was active he was pressing high he was making great passes and linking play he and Kamal seem or he and, and Carol seem to be developing a much better understanding where they are where they're supposed to be uh he and Enzo seem to to be meshing pretty well but he first goal scorer and he was incredible in this match I he's one of those guys that I I look at and I say, if he gets the last piece, he's going to be disastrously good. I mean, he's fast. He is strong. He uses his body well. He takes up good spaces. He runs away defenders. I think he struggles from a lack of a dedicated uh, left back on that side. I think that there is a an argument that maybe some of the support you might see on the right isn't necessarily out there on the left. And he's... He, it looks to me like he's coming into his own. He was one of the other ones that I wanted to put out there as a crown. So I am going to take just a few seconds to, to sort of rant and <laughs> rave about him. But 
that, you know, timing is such a difficult thing in football. And, you know, back to Nathan Byrne, what makes him so good is his, his timing, his positioning and his timing. And I don't know, you know, it's something I'm going to be watching throughout the season, whether or not what was missing from Kamal Yuzriak's game was timing. But in this game, he had it. In this game, at the right time, in the right places, he was just there. And that comes to bear with the fact that he does score a really good, I'm not going to call it reaction, because it was kind of a, a, a poke in control goal. But nothing about it was easy. Nothing about it was him wide open on the back post, and he just has to poke the ball in. He has to, he has to physically beat his man. He has to get good side of him. And then he has to take a ball that's fairly difficult to control out of the air and in one touch put it in the back of the net. It was a really good run on strikers goal. Um, it's the type of thing that Carol Swiderski would have taken three or four or seven touches to try and control. Uh, that, maybe that Carol, was a little bit of a... Was that, was that a low shot? Send, well, no, it's fair. And we'll talk more about that later in this podcast, I think. I will say Carol does send a nice ball in here. Uh, yep. for Kamal to to tap this in. Yep, absolutely. I mean, he does get credit for the very good ball in, but it was just the sort of thing that we did not see last season was somebody running on, getting the better side of their man, and one touch, cleaning things up. And And I think in general, Logan, and I can't stress enough to all of you, like how much more polished this team looks, how much more cohesive this team looks. The number of times we saw multiple players in the box looking to receive crosses, you know, low or high, it was impressive to see what Christian Latanzio has done with a full offseason for himself. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, the team looks different. It, it looks like, a, I mean, I realize a significant number of the players are <laughs> technically different, but it, it, it looks different. Um should, I, should we say anything more about Kamil or should we? No, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead and let's get our, yeah, our second uh, set of crowns out. Otherwise, this is going to be another 45 minute podcast. Um, <laughs> I am going to go ahead and I'm going to talk Brant Bronico. Yep. We have talked about the fact that Brant has to defend his place, that he has a lot of talent coming in around him. And I'm going to use Brant as an example of somebody who does not back down. You know, there is no. There's no back down in Brandt's mind. And it's it's so beautiful to see because I think two things come into play here. I think one, he got overplayed last season. I don't think there was anybody that could marshal for him. And he, at the end of the season, looked like somebody who had been run into the ground. Do you think that's fair, Justin? Do you think oh, that's yeah. a reasonable statement? Uh, and then the next thing I'm going to talk about him is you can see the fire in him when he has competition. And competition on him seems to like build in an exponential way. So the, the other team's midfielders are obviously his competition. The other team's defense is his competition. The other team's goalie is his competition. He wants to do it all. <laughs> but he is finding a different gear. And if you were watching this preseason game, it was impossible to not go, wow, Brant Bronico is, is jumping off the field. Part of that might be that other people were not taking the, the game as seriously as a preseason match. So part of it might just be Brant never dials back from 100%. But it looked to me like there was skill development. It looked to me like his ball control was better. 
it looked to me like his positioning was better. It looked to me like he knew the system better. And that, that advance in skill and technique and knowledge seemed significant. Not, oh, hey, maybe he's a little fitter because he got some rest. He looks good. And he looks like he's looking at any, any midfielder in the world right now and going, if you come to Charlotte FC, you're sitting on the bench because this position's mine. And I would not have had that opinion not too long ago. This was a real standout performance for me. What did you think about Brandt? Yeah, I mean, he was, again, phenomenal. I think that he, it, it's interesting in that, you know, I think we all sort of expected Charlotte FC to be playing more of a traditional six at the base of the midfield, and we're not. We're playing two eights. You know, we're so it, it makes a lot more sense that Brandt is getting a lot of these minutes in the midfield, and he looks really good moving forward. He looks good filling space left and right, trying to find uh, room, and and he's just he's really impressed me. Um, I think he's locked in uh, for for the the starting spot next to Westwood in the midfield. Yeah, uh, a, re a really good show which is what yep. we wanted. Um, I am going to use his, you know what? Uh, I, I'll, I'll say that. I have some really interesting stuff about how our midfield is functioning that yep. I, I hope people will enjoy, but we're going to save that for another day. Go ahead and go into your next crown. Well, so the other reason that I think that he's got that spot to start, and, and this involves a big fat uh, mea culpa and apology from me, um, I have to crown Derek Jones this week because he was monstrous and, and incredibly effective uh, at the back playing center back. Um, he did get a chance to pair with Milanda instead of Sobosinski. I don't know that the, I, I don't think that that's the only reason there's a difference. I think it helps. I think that Milanda is a better center back than Sobosinski. Um, but Derek was very effective, intercepting, challenging for the ball, uh, you know, playing the ball out, you know, not just across to Milanda, but, uh, you know, finding the midfielders, finding Westwood when he dropped back. Um, and uh, all credit to DJ and uh, a huge apology from me as a fan and as an analyst of all of this. He did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think I think this is a good shout out, um, you know, as as people who comment on the game, one of the things that, you know, Dustin and I looked at each other early on was we promised ourselves that if we saw something wrong, we'd say it. You know, we we see the game in different ways and then we see new things. So you will never hear us shy away from a mea culpa. And uh, Justin, I'm glad you acknowledge that uh, <laughs> that that you're wrong because uh, no. Derek, Derek Jones, I do think he has places he can definitely improve as a center back, but... To me, he looks like he has a maybe I heard someone say it really well in the media box, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember who it was. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, all credit to you, whoever you are. Uh, Derek Jones looks like the opposite of Ben Bender. Ben Bender looks like no matter what he's doing, he's always at the very, very edge of his control. Derek Jones looks like no matter what he's doing. He's always well within his control. And there is a, a level of ball control and a level of, I feel like the game calms down when it goes to him that I really, really like, especially in a dangerous area of the pitch. 
Yeah, I, I hope for his sake, right? Because, you know, there is one other brief piece because we're not going to have a ton of time for a news roundup in this Wednesday's pod. But Charlotte FC did trade for a center back from the Portland Timbers, uh, Bill uh, Tuiloa. Um, I hope for, for Derek's sake, this is just, you know, some some coverage and some support. Um, but like you said in the last podcast, you know, one and a half position players are the norm not the the premium not the the uh outliers anymore and dj being able to play you know come in cover the midfield come in cover the center back spot it just makes him that much more valuable yep uh i think we move along just yep. sort of time wise into cards i think we do one card a piece yeah uh, i'm gonna go ahead and and give the caveat this is a preseason game the the stuff that we are going to be carding here I don't think is is heavy, um, you know, even if stuff wasn't quite done up to quite the scale we expect, uh, it's preseason. So let's get to it, Justin. Oh, you want me to go first on this? Because uh, uh, I took it's... I took I took first on the crowns. So it's only fair of me to, you know, bring it back around and give you first on the cards. Um. I, I feel like we just did this recently, but I am going to card a goal scorer. Yep, we've done this before. <laughs> um, I I got a card, Carol Swiderski. He assists on the Kamal goal. He scores the second from the penalty spot. But it's it's one of those that is it's it's a polished up not great performance. You know, there's a, a a shine put on by the the assist and the goal that is not necessarily deserved because he had a rough time. Uh, again, you know, the first touch was a little off. More damning, more difficult to watch was the fact that he's just, he's he's back to not pulling the trigger when it feels like he should. He's back to to taking too many touches in dangerous areas and letting defenders come back and close back down. And it was very frustrating to see. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on this one. Again, it feels weird to 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 talk about a performance where someone both assists and gets a goal, you know, has two goal contributions in a three goal game. But there is something concerning about he looks mentally like he's afraid to, to shoot. And, you know, even if you pull him a little further away from the goal and he becomes a number 10, number 10s need to score. You know, uh, you go over to the Premier League and Mikel Arteta infamously said when signing one of the, the young players for his team that uh, that team's number 10 needed something like 15 goals and 10 assists or it was 10 goals and 15 assists uh, in a season to be the the effective number 10 that they need and this is the mls i don't don't think that i am expecting carol to get 10 goals and 15 assists in this season from the number 10 position but i do think it's probably reasonable to expect eight and eight give or take i mean justin do you think that that's that's a reasonable expectation out of a number 10 I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that we need to see in the neighborhood of 15 overall goal contributions from from the 10. And, and I don't really care how he does it. If he does it all in assists, that's perfectly fine, too. But see, I like you gotta you gotta. 
I don't even know. assist wise. He's not snapping the ball off fast enough. He's not he's not contributing fast enough. I don't know that I agree with that statement. I think your number 10 needs goals. And the only reason I say that is your number 10 is in the position to run in as the secondary run in the box. And if that thread is not there and is not active, um, it it really makes your attack one dimensional and will will leave trouble for the rest of, of your attack. I mean, basically, people just don't have to worry about the second wave if Carol Sodersky can't shoot. And even mm-hmm. more so, that second wave guy very rarely gets to to sit on the ball. Usually they're running onto a pass and they have to hit it one time. So I would say I'm expecting 15 goal contributions from that space. And I think at least five of them need to be goals. Um, that's not to say if he gets 21 assists and four goals, he's had a failed season. He has not. He will have done spectacularly. But I do think a team needs that that on running threat. Um, of course, he's not alone in that space. You know, Ben Bender can come in and has shown he can do that. Um, Nuno Santos has shown he has the ability to shoot on the on the run in, you know, even from the wide positions. And that's not even talking about Ashley Westwood, who's coming in, or Brant Bronico, who likes to advance See, and run in. The um, the wide positions are why I'm not as concerned about Swiderski if he's not scoring, but he is assisting because we've seen consistently in the preseason guys like Santos, guys like Byrne, or, or guys like Gaines and, and Vargas uh, crashing in behind you know behind the number nine behind the primary goal scorer and and you know being there for that second shooter yeah um um anyway let's move on uh i think it's a good shout out i think we need to see this guy get his confidence back is yes. really what, what i think it boils down to and it doesn't look like it's there that is the way i'm gonna say it uh i will move on <clears throat> and i'm going to card a player and this one i think is going to be less about what he did wrong and more about uh what we now know that position can do and uh, i'm going to card jan sobosinski um jan sobosinski didn't do anything poorly he was (laughs) all right at everything he was an all right distributor of the ball he was all right at holding the team shape he is an all right passer uh, he's all right at providing options. And uh, the other person in that space is Adelson Melanda. And you can see the difference. This is almost a, a, a instead of a, a card, it's almost like, you know, I'm talking about the stock of Jan Sobosinski has, has fallen in that area because Adelson Melanda is showing us how good he is being able to hold off those long run-in threats. We had a point in this game where I believe it's their second goal. Uh, Carol Swiderski gets dispossessed in the midfield, and it's one long ball in that uh, that goes to a run on. And uh, DJ was sort of marshalling the the line, and I think it is Jan who gets run by. Is that correct, Justin? Mm, so. I think yes, but I think it's a bit harsh to call it because Swiderski okay. gets Swiderski so, doesn't get dispossessed. He gives the ball away in a bad area. Yeah, it, it and is leaves the entire back line in a in a poor position. He does. He he. Uh, this is a lot of this is on Carroll, but the way that this team plays now, that's going to happen, right? And. It shouldn't happen often. That should be a very rare thing. 
but there is a a setup that we now believe Adelson Melanda can take that dual running back. And whether Jan wasn't alert to it or whether he just couldn't keep up with the run, there was just this moment of clear, oh, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. He's just not Adelson Melanda. And it, it feels harsh, but I can see see the differences. Justin, you want to tag in on this one real quick? I mean, I, I think it's particularly hard. I don't think that Sobosinski had a bad game at all, it, it, other than the entire back line being put in a terrible position by a terrible pass from Carl Swiderski. Um, the the back line held out just fine for the entire second half. He, he only came on uh, at 60 minutes or so. Uh, played the last 30 and you know other than that moment everything was was fine uh, I personally don't think that Subasinski had a poor match I'm perfectly happy with him uh, still being a part of the center back rotation until we know what we've got more with uh, uh, Lama. oh yeah and uh, one thing I do want to say this is not a call for him to be like removed from rotation or for him to never see game time it was just a, a notice of the difference that I see in in the two places uh, hmm. I think we are going to go ahead and start to wrap it up. Uh, Justin, as ever, I will give you two sentences to to wrap up this this game. What is it for you? Uh, the ones that don't matter are over. Let's get to the ones that do. Well played. Uh, I'm going to say I saw what I wanted out of preseason. Let's go to our season. Uh, and with that, we will talk to you after we... Who do we play first, Justin? New England Revolution, and we New will Eng talk about them on Wednesday. Yes, we will talk to you after we take our first three points from New England Revolution. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.